Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joe Posnanski, and uh, really excited about today's show. Uh, my friend Jeff Garland, director, writer, actor, producer, comedian, everything. Does everything. He's essentially is Mr. Everything, and obviously uh, coming up in the new year, he will be on uh, the return of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and and he does the Goldbergs, and he just does a million things. Just he's fantastic. So very, very excited to have Jeff on today. Uh, but before we get started, uh, I have to tell you uh, that we uh, have a sponsor now on the podcast, which is very exciting considering uh, I, I never expected anybody to listen to this show. Uh, but very, very excited. Mac Weldon, a New York-based company that makes uh, comfortable men's basics, uh, underwear and sweats and and shirts and all that sort of thing. Hoodies. Uh, very, very excited. I'm getting ready to go to Rio. And uh, they tell me uh, that Mac Weldon has a line of silver underwear. Uh, that is, and I'm, I'm going to use this word, antimicrobial, which is a, a great word, apparently meaning that uh, it, it, it eliminates odor. So I, I think antimicrobial is a way better word. Very, very excited. And uh, and because they are uh, sponsoring here, if you go to MacWeldon.com and type in POSCAST, POSCAST into the promo code, you get 20% off, uh, which I think is is an incredibly cool deal. So uh, thank you, MacWeldon. And uh, let's talk to Jeff Garland. All right, so Jeff, first of all, thanks for taking the time here. Uh, you are, let's let's start with this. You are a huge, huge sports fan. Not not like not like a regular sports fan. You're like a you're a massive sports fan across the board. Yes. See, y- y- yes and no. Meaning, <laughs> I don't know in terms of comparing myself. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like you said, as compared to, I I have no idea. I, I, I love sports. That's all I can tell you. Well, I know I know a lot of people, uh, and you're you're like as big. Here's here's what impresses me, and I and I mean this sincerely. You have like real sports thoughts and knowledge, like real sports. Because I mean, like you're not just a fan. I talk to people all the time who are fans of their team, but like if I'm talking Cubs with you, we're talking guys in double a that are, that are playing, right. you know what I mean? You're into, yeah. you're into sports. Is, is that always been true? Has that been since you were a kid? That is, all, that is, I mean, I, I, since I'm, uh, seven years old, I remember is what my sports awakening happened, which was ironically 1969, which was a classic year for the Cubs. <laughs> it was the greatest, maybe, uh, it's the greatest collapse in Cubs history, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So with a with a bunch of Hall of Famers on the team. <laughs> that really, you look back, by the way, at the Cubs, and, and I want to talk about this year's Cubs team. But you look back at those, not just '69, but but really '60, what five through '70, yeah. you know, three or whatever. You have Ernie Banks, you have Ron Santo, you have Fergie Jenkins, you have, I mean, not just not just Hall of Famers. Billy, I mean, Bill, Billy Williams. Billy Williams. You have all-time great players. Yes. And, and that team couldn't win. That, it makes no sense. It makes no sense, but it happens. You know, it's like, it, it's a good transition to this year's Cubs team, um, who I feel 
very confident, more confident than I've been for any modern-day Cubs team that the playoffs will happen. Yes. People are talking World Series about them, and it's like people get hot in the playoffs. People get cold. Look at all right. Right now, the Cubs couldn't be colder. Right. Um, And it's temporary, but it's what they're going through. Who's to say they don't have a cold spot like this in either the playoffs or the World Series? You know, so I'm not taking anything for granted. But where, but where do you stand on the Cubs? Because right now, you, you, you and I both know you're. This is this speaks to you being a big sports fan. You know this Cubs team is really, really good. I mean, they really good, really good, like as as good as as I could ever possibly imagine. Yes, lead the National League in runs, second in ERA. Uh, you know, dominant starting pitching, uh, incredible lineup. Really, one through eight. You know, depending on who's right. pitching. Absolutely, just a great team, and you know that. And obviously, I think you're right. I think the playoffs are—they're not—they're not a guarantee, but they're about as close to a guarantee as you could get. And yet, without a doubt, yeah. and yet, baseball playoffs. I mean, look, look at the Giants, look at the Royals, look at the teams over the last few years. It is the teams that gets hot in October. So, so yeah. where where are you emotionally with this Cubs team? They're my favorite Cubs team since. 84. Okay. Yeah, 84. I love the 84 Cubs. But even actually, they're my favorite Cub team maybe of my life so far. Wow. Yeah, I, I love these guys. But the key is, and I've said it before, is Joe Madden. Yep. That Joe Madden's the reason that I'm not freaking out about this you know, number of games they've lost recently because they will get it together. They're young guys. They're still young guys, you know. Um, the other day I was at a game. There was no starter in the lineup older than 26. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. So, you know, Joe Madden is the reason that I'm not worried. You love Joe Madden. I love Joe Madden. I want Joe, no offense, but I want to be best friends with Joe Madden. Yeah. <laughs> He's incredible. He's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, but okay, so I'll ask you this. There you go. Why? What makes Joe Madden so good at what he does? It's what makes anyone good at what they do, such as yourself. People uh, I was just talking about this on stage last night about people should do what they're good at, not what their passion is. They should do their passion as a hobby. Like if you're a bad magician, but that's your passion, don't follow your passion. I mean, do what you're good at, make a good living, but also do magic in your living room. Do You know, follow magic, you know, and the step above that when you're doing what you're good at and you have ease at it. Not that it comes easy to you, but you see it as uh, uh, there's a sense of ease in the way you approach it. It's not stressful. It's thoughtful. It's it's taking your time to do it the right way. It's taking a plane with your team and wearing pajamas. It's not taking batting practice. You know, it's just... 
there's a there's another thing that I love, which is take what you do seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Yeah. And I think Joe Madden follows that, and that's all you need to know. He just... and I feel like I feel like you're like that. I feel like I'm like that. So I feel with Joe on a lot of levels, he's a kindred spirit. Yeah. Well, there's there is. He just has incredible instincts. He just seems to understand whatever the situation is that the Cubs are in. So, hey, they're in a little bit of a slump. Another another manager, and we know plenty of them that are like this, start to get tense, start to get... He, he He's looser when that team is playing badly than he is when that team is playing well. When that team is playing well... Yeah, he sees the big. He sees the big picture. Yeah, I just I saw him on Monday. I sang at the Cubs game on Monday, and I was just talking with him. And he was talking with me about not taking batting practice, and he knows about the streak not being a, a big deal, you know. And I also got to tell you that that in Chicago it wasn't as dire as I expect. Chicago fans can get really negative quick, and certainly there are those that have that attitude but i found most people feeling pretty confident that this was a temporary thing why now is that that is a lot because of joe madden right that's that is a lot because of joe madden <laughs> when they when the cubs got joe madden no matter how many great young players they had no matter how many signings they were going to do joe madden was the difference theo puts together the team Joe Madden guides the team, and and, and um, I'm sorry, but uh, there you go. Good night, everybody. <laughs> no, that's. I think that really is true, and and I think your point about Cubs fans not really freaking out over this latest, you know, and obviously it helps that they still have a seven-game lead and they're still in perfectly great shape, but there is something to be said. This is a young team. Uh, they they looked like they were going to go out and and you know break records for how many games they were going to win. They've gone into a little bit of a slump, and it doesn't matter. Hey, didn't, didn't Seattle break records for how many teams they, games they won, and they did nothing. Yeah. So I'm not worried about it. All right. So when it comes to October, what will you be like emotionally for? Okay. This first off, I will be non-emotional in the playoffs okay i won't even i won't even go to a playoff game wow i've been there done that (laughs) i will i will in fact though if there are world series games go to whichever those are at wrigley field i I don't want to go to a world series game in another city i just it's i feel like it's a private moment (laughs) 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 needed to be shared at wrigley so i will go to Every game at Wrigley that I can, um, but outside of that, I, I I will have an interest in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong; I'll care. But you know, let's see. Yeah. Well, I I thought you were like that last year, and obviously last year was. I was, by the way, I was totally like that last year. Yeah, yeah. But last As year a was. Matter of th- fact, the, the Cubs sent me an email saying, "Would you like to come?" What games would you like to come to in the playoffs? And I gave them my dates for when I'd want to come to the World Series if it happened. <laughs> I'm not flying. I don't. I don't like traveling that much, even though you know I'm a comedian. I I've done my share of traveling. To me, I'd rather watch the the playoffs on a couch. Yeah. Well, and I think your point is right. I mean, last year was 
different. I mean, last year was a was a surprise. Very few people thought the Cubs were ready to do what they did last year. Right. So it was a different feeling. This year, there's going to be a different sense about them. Assuming you know, Joe. Joe, here's something that really, if you're not a Cubs fan, is not really good news. And this is the truth. They're only going to get better. Yes. This is the team that's going to be. I mean, they're all good and fine this year. I'm happy with them. Do you know what's better they're going to be next year? Do you know what's better they're going to be the year after? It's a ridiculous core of players that are only going to get better. Uh, I mean, I watch Anthony Rizzo play now and and Chris Bryant, and I just can't believe that they're that good now. They're going. I just I don't I, I it's they're the Cubs are only going to get better. So enjoy everybody. It, it's going to be, it's, it really is amazing. I mean, and you give yeah. all the credit to Theo for, for what he did this yeah. year's team. Is and, what... and by the way, you know, a guy who gets overlooked, Jed Hoyer. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's a combination of, of Jed, uh, yeah. Jed's work and Theo, uh, Theo, yeah. you know, being out, out front, obviously, but you know this team is without Kyle Schwarber. I mean, they're, that that guy's a forty-year-old guy, and he's not right. even he's not even there. Right, right, right. Uh, what about Wellington Castillo? Yeah, this guy's a freak. <laughs> this guy's amazing. I don't even know what to say. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, are you enjoying this? You are enjoying it on a day-to-day basis. Very much so. Very much so. And about to enjoy it more. I'm look. I love when baseball season starts. But I'm kind of, I love post-All-Star break. Yeah. That's when it really starts happening. You know, that's when it gets exciting. Uh, Pre-All-Star break is fun. I love baseball. But now is when I get really into it. It's great. Do you watch, yeah. do, do you try to watch at least an inning or, or two every night? I try and watch any time I can on my iPad. You know, I have the baseball app. Sure. I, so I try and watch it. I try and watch whenever I have a free. If the Cubs are playing and I'm free, I'll watch. Yes. But you are not free that much. You have so many different things going on. It always amazes as me. Of the, as of this point, it's actually a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Right now, right now I'm editing a movie right. for Netflix that I wrote. Uh, with this woman, Andrea Siegel, who's fantastic. And it's kind of like a Columbo kind of movie. It's for Netflix called Handsome. So I shot that. I'm editing that. I'm about to start the Goldbergs. Then in after the new year, I'll still be doing the Goldbergs and Curb Your Enthusiasm at the same time. And uh, uh, I'm finishing Curb Your Enthusiasm and then going into uh, either another Handsome movie I'm developing a TV series for somebody. I'm uh, developing another movie for somebody. So it's, um, yeah. And by the way, I love working, but I'm not a workaholic. I like a good nap. (laughs) I like separating I like working and and you're not a workaholic. Because you, you didn't even mention you're still on stage all the time. Oh, doing stand up. Yeah, but that's like uh, breathing. So that's not work for you. It, it is when it's when it's not good shows <laughs> when they're not good shows. But when they're like last night, I had a show, and now I'm at a point where I don't really do much material. I just go up and improvise. And so if the crowd's good and I'm feeling good, 
it's really kind of an extraordinary experience for me. I can't say for the audience. I hope they dig it. And I can say for me. Every show you do now as, as a stand-up is completely different. It's com- it's nothing like the night before. You will forget. Yes, yes. I, I just did four shows in Chicago this past weekend, and all four of them were, I would say, they were 90% different from the other ones. So is that, that's, I mean, I've, I think that's what drives you. I think that's what you, you dig about it. Uh, but, I mean, that's, there's at this point no fear whatsoever that you're going to get on stage and, and you're just not going to have anything to say? Well, no, not that I won't have anything to say. Last week I was in Chicago. Uh, this was on Wednesday night. And I went in to do a show and I was feeling kind of off. I was feeling kind of sad. Uh, I was not in a good mood. And when I have to rely on improvising and that's how I'm feeling, it can be difficult. Mix that with a bad audience and that's a recipe for disaster. Um, I did good that night. Um, the audience wouldn't know the difference, but I, I mean, I wasn't great because the circumstances don't allow me to be great. It's kind of like when you go up to bat and your elbow hurts yeah, and it hurts bad. It's like you're going to swing and maybe you will get a hit. Maybe you'll even homer, but you'll know that it wasn't as effortless as you'd like it to be. Now, what makes it for you? What makes a good audience? What what when you go into an audience? Is it is it energy? What what are you looking for from an audience? No, no. Here's the thing. There's a lot of audiences that I'll play in front of that'll be full of energy and laugh hard, and then there's other ones that are quiet or whatever. I look for, and let's just say look for. I got last night what I want, which is a a audience that laughs, obviously, if they're digging what you're doing, but a, a soulful, thoughtful audience. Huh. Like, you just sort of feel a connection with them, but they don't necessarily have to be the most energetic, loud audience. But, you know, audiences are put together through their backgrounds, how they spent their day, uh, who they're married to, all the things in their life go together and bring them together as this organic group so sometimes it's off sometimes it's on it's it can it's 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 truly unpredictable that really is interesting though because i mean i guess an outsider would view it as like a an audience that's really laughing and loud and 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 all of that is 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 really what you're looking for and it seems to me like that's not necessarily what you're looking for. You're much more looking no, for somebody no, no. that connects with what you're doing. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, and also, if the audience is primarily made up of comedy fans, it's it's better. Huh. What I mean by that is people come to, come to, to stand-up shows, either a friend told them their wife's a big comedy fan, and they're not, not necessarily... Um, it's like something you do, oh, let's go to the local comedy club or see, you know, go here and see a comedy show. But when you have an audience made up of people who dig comedy, like they're actual fans, yeah. they watch comedy shows, they know a bit about comedy history, they have a group of comedians that are their favorites. Well, that's the best. Because I, I imagine as a musician, you'd rather play in front of people who really dig music yeah. than people who are just going to listen to music. That's really interesting. Now, how can you tell? How can you tell? Or how, let me ask you this. 
how soon do you know, hey, this is a good audience? Um, within the first few minutes. I mean, sometimes I can tell within within a few seconds. Huh. And then other times, you know, 10 minutes down, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, there's no consistency. It's like, I mean, the only difference between stand-up comedy and golf or baseball is the fact that in in golf, baseball, football, what have you, basketball, there are statistics for the shots you make. Yeah, you know, there's no statistics for me, um, which is on which I kind of wish there were. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have that, but there isn't, and so it's much more abstract, and it's much more and like you know, I'll do, you know. When I go up, it's not just asking people where they're from or stuff like that. I mean, I'll make conversation, um, but it's about um, me uh, hitting on something that I suddenly am doing these characters on stage that are talking to each other, and it's going down a path that the audience... I can, that's when I can really tell when I'm going down a direction that, that they've not seen before and they're reacting positively to it. I know it's a comedy audience, but I swear to God, let's see Saturday night. Okay. Um, I'm doing a show. It's going fine, but I'm doing some different stuff and I know they're not a comedy audience. Well, this one couple got up and walked out. They oh. were upset. And they weren't upset because I was bombing. I wasn't bombing. I was doing good. It just wasn't what they maybe thought it was going to be. Huh. Yeah. That, okay, so that's, that's definitely interesting. When you go down one of those roads where you, yeah. it's really working, do you even remember like at the end of the show exactly what you said and how you said it? Or, or do you have to... Because I mean, you you just go right. I mean, you're you're yeah, off. Yeah, I just go. I just go. I really I remember some things. I re I don't remember most things. And then I record all of my shows, mm -hmm. and I never I never listen to them. <laughs> so, I, so I, why I, do you record I, them? I, I have what's called the Jeff Garland Posterity <laughs> Collection, which I just named just now. Yeah, I, I I record them because I'm always fearful. Oh, I'll come up with something. And then I'll never remember it, but I don't listen to it either. So it's in the wind for the most part. <laughs> you do. I mean, do you, I mean, I think for you, I mean, and please tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean, just in, in knowing you and, and talking with you about different things, my sense is that you don't want to cover ground that you've already covered. I mean, it seems like your, your whole, your whole purpose in, in, well, in everything you do is to kind of push into something new. I, I, I don't want to cover ground I've already covered unless I'm still titillated by it, uh, which doesn't last long. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. It's like if, if, if until the second I'm bored with it, I want to drop it. Yeah. Boom. I don't care that it killed. I never want to do it again. <laughs> or I may think of it. I'm not making this has happened to me many times where I'll be on stage and I'll think of something from two years ago. And I'll go, oh, yeah, that's right. And then I'll say it, and it'll be fun, and then it's gone again. 
That is that is different than most comedians, right? I mean, most comedians really were, you know, I've, I've heard Jerry Seinfeld talk about polishing and polishing and polishing a joke until until it's perfect or, it, you know, it's close. to. Well, perfect. he's he's the he's the opposite version of me mm-hmm. because he's a master of that. Yeah. And what he polishes truly becomes a diamond. You know, it's perfection. And he's also effortless. Uh, you know, a great comedian, when you're watching them, it should seem effortless. Even if there's tons of work, you shouldn't see that. It's like a swing. I know I always go back to sports, but what's more beautiful than an effortless swing yeah. in baseball? Billy Williams, the sweet swing of Billy Williams. I mean, that is, a lot of that is work. I mean, my work has been, I've been doing this for 34 years. Yeah. So... I'm not saying I've mastered it because I feel like I get better all the time, but I know what I'm doing and I trust what I'm doing. And it's different than Jerry. So Jerry's not wrong. Jerry's right for the way he does it. And he does it better than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different, it's just a different thing, but it does feel like a lot of comedians when they come upon something that kills, they're not letting that go. I mean, that's like, this is, right. this is my bread and butter. And I, and I have been in that space, and that's cool, man, And but that's not for me right now. Yeah. All right. Talk a little bit about uh, about Handsome, uh, because you brought this up to me. I mean, you, you've been working on it for quite some time, and, and you brought it up yeah. to me, I remember, you know, quite a while ago when we were talking about it. So I just think you're, you really were sort of, you're so fascinated by this idea of sort of a, detective who's kind of bumbling but kind of kind of brilliant and i mean this the, the whole colombo well, thing yeah colombo there's nothing like colombo and mind you uh, if you're watching my movie when it comes on netflix uh to 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 re- relive colombo you're you're making a terrible mistake <laughs> it's mine's not as good as colombo was however because you know peter falk period you yes. know but um, it's a similar thing. We announce who the the murderer tells you he's he's the murderer <laughs> the first thing in the movie. So you watch me figure it out. The thing is, I'm a pretty good detective. I'm a bumbling uh, human being. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So so tremendous fun making this one. Yeah, great fun. And now I'm in the middle of editing it and. Um, I feel really good about it. I feel really good, and, and, and it should be on Netflix after the new year. That's... And uh, I'm very, very happy with it. I never say, oh, it's great, yeah, because I'm the one who made it. So um, all I can say is whether I'm really pleased with it or not, it's up to an audience to decide whether they think it's great or not. Well, and that's actually something that I found to be very, I mean, very important to you. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, you working on other projects and, and me talking to you about them and you're, you're very, I mean, it's, you're this, it's, it's fun, but it's such serious work for you and, and you put your heart into it and you don't really want to talk like, you know, Hey, I think this is going to be great, or anything like that. You don't, right. you don't want that at all, do you? Oh God, no, God, no. Let let people decide. The only thing that matters to me is here's the thing: if I if I'm in control of it, uh, you know, whether the writing, the directing, the acting, uh, all that sort of stuff, and I'm the storyteller, 
then I'm responsible for what you see. And whether you dig it or not, that's up to you. The worst feeling is when I don't have that control and I can die with somebody else's sword. I like I'm okay with whatever happens as long as I'm the one responsible. When other people are responsible, that is excluding people that I respect immensely. You know, if I'm sure. going to be in a Wes Anderson movie, I'm not going to I'm going to be thrilled that I'm there and I'm sure it'll be very exciting uh, to work on that but that's still his story. Yeah. But I think that I would be very hopeful of it. And I'd probably, after seeing it, would would expound upon how great it is one way or another. I'm never going to do that with my own work. Yeah. But you've, you've been in both positions. I mean, obviously, you've done Pixar stuff. and, and Yeah, and, Pixar and, and Curb Your Enthusiasm and the Goldbergs, what have you. So I've been around people that do good work, and I'm excited about doing it. And I can ra- I'll rave about Wall the movie Wally from now until <laughs> you know forever. I I just um yeah I just can't do that with my own stuff. Well, it's different with your own stuff, no question about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, you mentioned Curb. Uh, you get it. You're you know you've been. I, I think you've told me at one point that is the number one thing people have been have been like asking you about for the last, whatever, three years. When is it coming back? When is it yeah. coming back? Now that it is coming back, everybody wants to know how excited you are. I've seen a couple of different interviews with you on that subject. So, uh, I, Well, the truth is I'm, I'm not – I mean, I'm excited because I get to do – I get to work with Larry, who I love, yeah. uh, whom I love. Uh, uh, and it's a, it's a joyful – it can be a very joyful experience. But I'm not like – giddy because i'm not i don't know what it's like to be a fan of curb your enthusiasm right Right. i don't you know so i mean certainly um if i was suddenly found myself on game of thrones i'd be very (laughs) excited very very excited you know uh if if they were redoing the wire and they added me in the cast i'd be thrilled beyond belief you know but um I don't understand that. I mean, I understand why people might dig Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I look at it from a completely different perspective. What would you play on The Wire? Like, what role would you play? I'm trying to I'm trying to picture you on The Wire. Well, no, I think on The Wire, I, I can play, I mean, obviously, well, I can play anything from a politician yeah. to a cop. I mean, there's nothing I, I could play. I, I, I could even play some rich guy that's backing guys who are doing drugs you know what i mean there's there's lots of stuff um i don't think i could be like um a street guy that does i don't think that would work in terms of what i look like and and the way i am you know but i could i mean i play a cop all the time yeah that's true you i think yeah. you'd be a great cop on the wire i i'm all for them bringing the wire back and having you on there as a cop <laughs> well that would be just wow <laughs> i'll talk to david simon yeah have a chat with him uh and yeah. then obviously the goldbergs and that and that really what percentage of the time because you are doing so many different things when the goldbergs are in season is that kind of 80 percent of 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 your time i mean just just because of how i would say that whenever anything's the goldbergs curb your enthusiasm a movie that's 
always it's always a hundred percent of my time and then i have to find more time to do stand-up i have to find more time to write so it's and then i have to find time to spend with my family and i have to find time to spend with my friends and then god willing i get a nap (laughs) before we go i wanted to uh thank our new sponsor uh one more time mac weldon uh macweldon.com where they make uh, comfortable underwear, hoodies, sweats, T-shirts, shorts, the whole bit. If you go to MacWeldon.com and type in podcast, P-O-S-C-A-S-T, into the promo code, uh, you get 20% off, which is a pretty good deal. They'll deliver it right to your door. You don't like it, doesn't fit, return it, no questions asked. Uh, so that's MacWeldon, MacWeldon.com. All right, we're coming to the end here. I'm going to ask you a series of sports questions. So yes. just going to throw sports questions at you. About five of them here. One, okay, I'm good. Here we go. One, Tim Duncan retired today. Uh, your thoughts on Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan is about as perfect an athlete, a human being that you could ever want on your team or to watch because he does every – he was a great basketball player. I don't think he believed the hype at any point, and he carried himself off the court. You know, there's that term with class. I think all you got to do as a professional athlete is don't hit a woman, don't get arrested, and we'll dig you, man, you know? And Tim Duncan, I think, went way beyond that. So um, I I just – I can't say enough positive things about Tim Duncan. And – Never been a huge Spurs fan. Never been, you know, it's like, it's like, this is a guy that existed outside of where I was looking, but when I looked, it was pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great. All right, good. This leads to question number two, your thoughts, personal thoughts, when Kevin Durant decided to go to the Warriors and how you compare this Warriors team with the Bulls teams of the nineties. All right. Two thoughts. Okay. One is he had every right to do whatever he wanted. It's just somewhat lame. Yeah. But he, I, I, he's a free agent. I mean, the number of players, such as Ernie Banks, if you will, who were stuck on teams that stunk because they because of free agency. So I don't begrudge anybody for doing something like this. And also. You know what I think, besides them being a great team, I think for Kevin Durant, look at the coach he's going to play for, okay? That may be the Joe Madden of the NBA, okay? He's a great great guy, great coach, and it seems like a great group of guys on the team. So I I just, uh, you know, and also he's going to spend time in the Bay Area as opposed to other places in the world. Why wouldn't there's nothing more I can tell you in my opinion the bay area is the most beautiful area of the United States. Period. Yeah. Um and then uh comparing that team to the Bulls team they can't even be mentioned in the same breath as the Bulls team because the Bulls team accomplished what they accomplished. Right. Do they have potential to do damage like the Bulls team, most definitely. But Michael Jordan is better than any two players on that team put together. I know that's saying a lot, <laughs> but that's how great Michael Michael Jordan was. 
Michael Jordan was a freak of nature beyond belief. The only other player players that I think you can mention with Michael Jordan from the same era were um, uh, uh, Magic Johnson and um, um, LeBron James. I say the same era, you know. Yeah, but, but less. I mean, maybe maybe Larry Bird, and then because then you have all your there's been like hundreds of great players sure. like the guys on Golden State. There hasn't been hundreds of players like Jordan or or Magic Johnson, if you will, you know. I like it. I like it. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm a I, I like this Warriors team a lot and, and you're you're certainly not putting them down by by in no, any way compared because to them. I think they have potential to do what the Bulls did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do. Absolutely. So I'm not saying, but I'm saying they can't be mentioned until they do it. Win one championship uh, after you've won another championship, after you've won another championship. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yes, like, yes. Um, and the, Cleveland will never do it. But what, what, what LeBron did with Cleveland, and by the way, congratulations, my Clevelander friend. Thank you. Um, um, I mean, I'm more mystified by LeBron than any athlete. To be so vilified by me also, by the way, <laughs> to being someone who I so look up to, I don't know what to say. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Two yeah, more. It's amazing. Two okay. more. All right. One, you're in the, you're in the LA area, obviously, and you're a Dodgers yeah. guy. Um, yeah. but you also, you know, you have, you have access to the angels and, and I know you've been yeah. to some angels games. Uh, your thoughts on Mike Trout. Oh, my God, Mike Trout, my God, holy crap, wow. I mean, there's there's my thoughts. The poor guy, um, poor guy. Is, is on a team. Well, I say poor guy because you want, you want to see great athletes in championship situations. You just do. Yes. That's what makes the Olympics great. That automatically happens. Um, so when you see great players – like LeBron just did in the championship, in these great situations. Wow. And I would love to see Mike Trout in a World Series or two. I agree. I agree. I think it's a shame. I really do. I yeah. mean, there, there is an Ernie Banks feel to what's happening to him. And yeah. he's so good. But the thing is, Mike Sosha is a great manager. Yes. I think they have a I think they have a good a really good owner. I, it's just it hasn't been put together, and it makes me sad for him. It does, which sounds crazy, you know. But wow, yeah. he is great. What an he amazing, is great. what an amazing player. All right, last one. Okay, Chicago Bears. Yeah. All right, that's it. Chicago yeah. Bears this year. Your Mediocre. Thoughts? Mediocre. Right. This is it's a it's a but it's, but yeah. But when I say mediocre, on an upward slide, they were. A little worse than mediocre last year. They're going to go a little above mediocre this year. <laughs> I think they'll make the playoffs in a year or two, depending on their quarterback. So you do like the direction they're going? Yeah, I think it's good. Am I blown away by it? No. Has anyone ever said about a team, you know, I'm not crazy about what they're doing offensively or defensively, but the special team should make a big difference this year. They say it all. No the one's time. ever said that. They, they the kicking it. game, the kicking game is going to put us over. <laughs> no, I think the Bears are. Let me say something. 
in the city of Chicago right now, you've got really two really great teams grooving, and that's the Hawks, Blackhawks, and the Cubs. Sure. And you have the Bears and the White Sox doing okay. Yeah. And then you have the Bulls. I never thought the Bulls would be the embarrassment of Chicago. <laughs> and they are. But the Bears are heading in the right direction. I'm very excited about this season. I thought that Jay Cutler had his best year ever last year. But we need to start finding and grooming uh, a young quarterback. Well, I was going to say, I'll leave you with that. So Jay Cutler, obviously a very controversial figure, really nationally, but certainly in Chicago. You like Jay Cutler. I like Jay Cutler based on what he did last season. I thought he was really excellent last season. He played, he had no, his receiving core was not a NFL top-of-the-line receiving core. And he had his best season. He was composed. Uh, I thought he was I thought he was really good last year and I'm hopeful that it does that this year but it's not you know you got to start looking at your future even more you know and that means who's going to be quarterbacking and can we get maybe somebody from another team that they're already developing you know I don't know yeah uh, that's quarterback is the key in the NFL quarterback and offensive line and then defense. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. I think it's. I think yeah. it's about having the quarterback and protecting him, and then, and then you then you work the rest of it. I mean, obviously you can win with yeah. great defense, but but yeah, no, with great defense is great. But I've seen teams with no quarterback and a great defense on the Bears. Yeah, and I've seen teams. Remember how about the uh, the great Dan Fouts, San Diego Chargers? Yeah, yep. you know they'd win games forty one thirty eight. Um. So. I just think that to be in ball games in football, you got to have that quarterback in an offensive line. I agree. I agree. Are you going to go to a to a, an LA Rams game? Will you? Will will you? Will, will he ever see you at one of those games? Uh, um. <laughs> well, my younger son wants to go to one. Okay. So the answer is yes. Yeah, you have to go. Then you have no choice. Yeah, yeah, I have no choice. Exactly. But on my own volition, no way. No way. You you don't. Even... I actually. I by the way, I don't even like going to NFL games. That's not that fun. No, I agree. You know, baseball works both. Yep. TV and whatever. Hockey high def is certainly up hockey, but hockey in person is fantastic. Fantastic. NBA can be great both. Yes. You know. Better in person, even, but baseball is the only game that I think is perfect, no matter what. Radio, radio, like because hockey and basketball, they don't play on the radio well, right. Right. you know. And what, what's football? On the radio? I mean, baseball. I'm I'm a weirdo. Baseball's the perfect sport. Although, in closing, I'd like to say, <laughs> could we have? I mean, the idea of the number of sponsors they have during. The baseball's all star game, you know the the Taco Viva uh, bat, uh, batting helmet, uh, uh, waiting stance brought to you by Seven Up. I mean, it's like they cram so many in. I don't get it. It's a little much. It's a little yeah. much. Yeah, it is. But you know, now there's advertising at Wrigley. Of course, there was in the old days too. 
but, but yeah, and that, look, advertising on a wall, who gives a crap? It's the number <laughs> of times the broadcasters say it. It's all just, it's just, ugh. yeah, Jeff, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Hey, Joe, for you, anytime. <laughs> Joe Posnanski, best sports writer in the world. <laughs> and I didn't even pay you to say that. You did not, sir. I've been saying it for a long time. <laughs>